from them. So a, a couple of takeaways for me, Dave. I think there are a number of guys on the roster that need to do more. And uh, I also think that there are a bunch of guys that are, you know, let's just go through the list. Stevenson, Marcheseau, Nick Waugh, Alex Petrangelo, Nick Haig, Robin Leonard, all have stepped up big time. And have, you know, th- there's a, those are key reasons why this team is, is 500 at this juncture and not a lot worse. There are other players, uh, you know, on the roster that need to do more. There are some guys that are uh, are treading water when uh, they need to be uh, really plowing forward here. So uh, we'll see if uh, being home for the next six helps in that regard. I guess the other big thing for me is I understand why you would re- lean on Robin Leonard as much as, as you have. And, 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 and I guess that's fine. But don't be surprised if Brassois struggles when you put him in like he did yesterday because he hasn't played. Uh, it had been 10 days since his last start, and it just really looked like the big thing for me was he had he struggled to track the puck, to follow the puck. And uh, Mike Rizzotti has an expression. He says he really trusts his eyes. And if the goalie can trust his eyes, uh, he finds the puck and he makes the save. And the one goal... Uh, Fabry's goal. Fabry's goal. Martinez is pushing out to to pressure Fabry, and Brassois. Does he lean in or does he lean? He out? looks left. Yeah, his and, left, and Fabry shoots it and, back and, to the right. And Fabry shoots side. across him. You know, yeah. so he 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 just went to the wrong side, and that's one of those things that when you're in a rhythm and in a groove, uh, is less likely to happen. So. Um, yeah, I don't think Brassois was awful by any stretch of the imagination. You'd like him to have made, you know, let's one goal for sure you want back, and and maybe two, and that, you know that's the difference in that game is against the Red Wings is uh, power play, uh, special teams, and and goaltending. Yeah, because, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, Grace was excellent. Yeah, terrific. I think the third and fourth you could look at that he gave up the third one, the suitor, you know, and we were kind of. Picking through it a little bit after the game, Suter, the initial shot gets blocked by Martinez, and then Suter picks it up, and I'm not sure if Brossois had a chance to kind of reset himself because yeah. he went down for the initial shot. It, you know, I looked at it again this morning. It did kind of look like he was ready for the second chance. The the fourth one, and I didn't – Shane picked this up, and, again, I, I kind of wanted to rewatch it. I thought initially that Nemesnikov kind of went upstairs. It went up. It went short side, but I thought it went upstairs. He put it off of Brozois' far pad. Yeah. Like his left pad, if 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 Nemestikov's over here, he put it off this leg and in. I thought it kind of went over his shoulder or off his shoulder. That's pretty good to be able yeah. to bank it in. I, yeah. I don't know if it was planned or not, but it was a heck of a shot to say well, the least. Well, here's the other thing that, you know what I mean? Like if you look at the Montreal's a mess. Ottawa, you know, they, they play hard. They don't have enough players. Detroit is skilled. High end, high, like uh, Dylan Larkin was, you know, top shelf yesterday. Uh, Mo Sider, the the young defenseman, really good and involved. Bertuzzi, uh, here's my, <laughs> this, I'll get back to the Bertuzzi in a second, but he was excellent. Uh, Lucas Raymond is excellent. The, uh, we talked to Nick Consonica from NHL.com, and he was explaining to us that over the 25 year run. Where the wings were in every year in the playoffs. You know, Ken Holland kept borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. 
kept trading draft picks to get players to, you know, to keep them relevant and in that moment. And then uh, they went three Stanley Cups over that period? Four. Four. 97, so, 98, 02, and 08. Yeah. yeah so, well, well, worth the, uh, well worth the experiment. Blows me away that people in Detroit were, like, glad to see Ken Holland go at the end, you know? <laughs> Like, My heavens! What, what do you want? Uh, uh. <laughs> Anyways, they their average draft pick, the average their average highest draft pick over that period, thirty eighth. So like they, they, their high their average highest pick was never in the first round. Yeah. It was always in the second round, and and now. That the the roster that they have right now, last year their roster was second oldest in the NHL. Now it's I think it's it's uh, seventh youngest, and all of a sudden, the average draft selection of this team, twenty eight. Yeah. So you're starting to see, and uh, the highest pick they made over that twenty five year stretch, um, was Keith Primo at three. Yeah. And they haven't had a high pick like that. And that was before they were good, right? Yeah. Like 1990s, yeah. 91, and something And then they like that. didn't pick high again until they picked fourth when they got Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Uh, and 30 so, years later. Yeah. Literally. So, so, you know, but like you, you know, you have to, and for Gold Knights fans, you know, like you might want to pay attention because this is what happens when, when management, you know, does, like this is how you win in the NHL. Brian Burke always says uh, there are two things to be, two places to be in the NHL, getting good really fast or getting bad really fast. If you're in the mushy middle, you're nowhere. Limbo, you limbo is not good. Yeah, you no. don't, you just, you just don't win. So um, I, I thought, the, I thought the building started to come alive a little bit yesterday. Uh, had an interaction with Steve Eiserman in the hallway yesterday, which was, uh, which was. Um, Different than, uh, you know, I watched Steve play junior. He played junior in my hometown. And he was really, I don't want to use the word high strung, but he was uh, pretty intense uh, during his time in Tampa. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, his running the national program for Canada as well, the Olympic program. Two cycles, eight years he spent, uh, uh, he won two gold medals. So, you know, I mean, it was worked out okay. Certainly worth it. But he, uh, he walked by me yesterday. I was on the phone, and uh, he uh, slapped me. Uh, excuse me for this. Slapped me on the back as I was uh, as I was walking by him, and it was uh, just kind of. I was like, "Huh, happy Steve. Good, good to see good, you, Law Man. Good to see you." <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of points. You know, you mentioned people in Detroit are happy make, to see Kenny Holland go. Make but, sure we get back to Bertuzzi too. Oh before yeah. We, no, no. Go. You go ahead, but look, we'll just look, make sure we get back to him. A, they like the four cups just fine under Kenny Holland. Yeah, for sure. B, he did a heck of a job, Gary, in finding guys late. Henrik Zetterberg, Nick Lidstrom, Pavel Datsuk. None of those guys were high picks. I, I want to say Zetterberg was back when they had nine rounds. He might have gone in the ninth round. You know, you, you joke around. They were drafting guys when they were turning out the lights at the draft. And those were some of the guys, the cornerstones of some of those great teams. Because they didn't have high picks, they got these guys late. Yeah, then as they kind of built it, they brought in free agents or made trades. They brought in Shanahan. They brought in Hall. They brought in Robita. They brought in Hashik, the whole nine yards. But they um, they 
did a heck of a job because they didn't have high picks of finding diamonds in the rough that were cornerstones of those teams. They were so good for so long, they couldn't draft high. 25 years in a row, they make the playoffs. Eventually, you're going to pay a price for that. Yeah. But now, you know, Steve Eiserman knows how. When they drafted Steve Eiserman in 1983, they had missed the playoffs five years in a row. And it was in a stretch of which they had missed it 15 out of 17 years. They called them the Dead Wings. The Dead Wings. That's the dead, where the dead they were. Things, yeah. Actually, in some places. But go that's, continue. That's where they were. Yeah. And then they drafted this guy named Steve Eiserman. And it was not overnight, it took a while. Even with him, for them to to get to where they were going to go, well, but, they, they you know, didn't get to where they were going to go until Scotty Bowman arrived until the right? mid nineties, yeah, right? And yeah. uh, yeah. you know, Eiserman scored a uh, hundred plus points every year, and Scotty said to him, "You need to decide if that's what you want to do, or if you want to win Stanley Cups." Yeah. So and, anyway, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, your point on Tyler Bertuzzi? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to call it up, and my my internet's going is not really flying so maybe dakota can help me for this where he ranks in scoring in the nhl right now and uh he just missed three games when detroit went up to canada because he isn't vaccinated he can't go can't go play in those games he's the only player in the league he's gonna miss nine games uh yep. when they Six play more. in canada if yep. they uh if he doesn't uh, change course um I, I, I don't know why he's not a consideration to play for Team Canada at the Olympics. And uh, if he is, you know, maybe Doug Armstrong should do Steve Eiserman a favor and pick up the phone and say, hey, Tyler, you know, I'd like to look at you. But if you don't get jabbed, you can't come. Don't be afraid to pick so, up a vaccine. So I'm not going <laughs> I'm, I'm to waste any time on it. And, and listen, I'm not suggesting – we all have our reasons for what we do, and you know what do I care if he has he's vaccinated or not? He doesn't play for the Golden Knights, um, so uh, yeah. So I like you know, you know political stance, whatever it is. Aaron Rodgers research, I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, but uh, um, you just think what what a fantastic and player he is, and how dynamic he is, and. Like they're they're a playoff team or right about one right now, yeah. And this guy's they lost all those games in Canada. They went up, they went zero three. Yep. Took him out of the lineup. Like I, I if I'm Jeff Blashell, I'm like I'm going to Eisenberg's office and saying, this doesn't count. Yeah. Like if if we if we don't make the playoffs this year, that does not, that's not on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Go talk to him. We missed yeah. by three points. Yeah. <laughs> And he missed nine the games. Guy, in the guy missing the front tooth, talk to him with the crazy hair. Talk to him. Oh, hey, and one more, and just to follow up on your point about the first round picks, right? Um, where Detroit did not draft high for so long because they were so good, and also, and they had also traded away a lot of those first round picks to to bring in players that helped them win championships. Um, the Golden Knights, Gary, have traded four first round picks, right? The first three they had ever in 17 are all gone, all gone in Glass, yeah. Suzuki, and Brandstrom. And then they just traded their first-round pick in 19 with in the um, with uh, Krebs going uh, in the in the Jack Eichel trade. So it just it all kind of there's a lot of different ways to build it, and the 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 haul they've got back for these players is pretty. You know, when you we know you know, Stone, Patch, you're ready. Oh yeah, Eichel. 
Uh, you know, we'll see if the Cody Glass one works out with Nolan Patrick. But the larger point, it's been pretty impressive. Bertuzzi's fifth in the league in scoring. Yeah. He's third in the league in goals. Yeah. And, and, but d- not playing tomorrow night. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> they were down. So Montreal, sorry. No, yeah, not going to pass. Not going to pass. Go and collect my no. 200. Go over the border to Toronto. Can't make it. They were down 3-1 <laughs> to one in Buffalo Saturday with seven minutes left. He scored two goals a minute and a half and tied the game. Oh, he's fantastic. Yep, the he's, is, he's uh, excellent. Yeah. Well, lots to come here on nighttime at noon, and um, including Golden Knights General Manager Kelly McCrimmon is going to join us. We're going to hear from Jack Eichel. We had a great half hour with Jack earlier today. Gary and I, along with Shane Knighty and Dan Duba for our podcast, The Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave Podcast. We're going to pull a couple of excerpts from the podcast and let you hear that as well. Quick reminder for you that be one of the first to join the Vegas Nighthawks family. Secure your seat selection priority today by placing a refundable $20 deposit at nighthawksfootball.com. Full season membership will start at just $10 per ticket per game at the brand new Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. It is Dave and Gary with you. Nighttime at noon and GM Kelly McCrimmon of the Golden Knights uh, scheduled to join us here momentarily, Lawman. Quick shout out for the, I'll struggle to say this correctly, the Vegas Junior Golden Knights girls 12U team went to a tournament in Austin, Texas this weekend. 4-0, won 1-0 in the final and uh, came home with a bunch of gold medals. Shut it right down. I saw a, a, um, a picture on, would it be your Twitter? Of, or Instagram of your daughter with uh, with the old gold medal. My daughter. With, Fantastic. Uh, that was my, I didn't put her on the Twitter. On uh, the I Insta. It, uh, the, the Twitter is business and the Insta. Okay. I don't know. You, you're busy. I don't know how you use all your social media accounts. Fun. Well, you don't tweet about your band, but your no, band, double minors on your Instagram. Good point by you. Same thing. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So congrats to them. Went down there winning. Just took care of business in Austin. Good for them. Way to go. Yeah. Nighttime at noon. Dave and Gary, GM Kelly McCrimmon of the Golden Knights expected to join us next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
be with us here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, nighttime at noon. Dave Gosher, Gary Lawless, and we are joined by Golden Ice General Manager Kelly McCrimmon. And uh, Kelly, it's been a, certainly a busy time for you uh, trying to get this Jack Eichel trade uh, made. Now that it's all said and done, uh, you know, this kind of this whole experience, what are some of your takeaways on how you were able to get this done and make him a Golden Knight? Well, it was a long process. I, I think, um, you know, really uh, goes right back to uh, to September when uh, when it was clear that Jack Eichel would be moved or uh, we had uh, had interest uh, in him. We had conversations with uh, with Kevin Adams at that time that uh, that went right through September, October. It just uh, it just went on and on before uh, a deal could be done. We were uh, pleased last uh, Wednesday night, I guess, when the deal was uh, was consummated. We made the announcement on uh, on Thursday, and and since that time, uh, you know, real uh, excitement being here, no different than yourselves meeting Jack uh, in person today uh, for the first time and seeing uh, how excited he is about uh, about joining our organization. I guess uh, um, you know, overall, just the importance of adding that type of player to. Uh, uh, to our team, to our organization, we thought uh, was the right thing for us to do. He is excited. He said he's uh, more motivated than he ever has been in his life. He said some people have written him off, and he doesn't understand that, but uh, he's excited to uh, to straighten that out. That's um, uh, obviously, you know, you know what you're getting in a player, but having a player with a little bit of edge uh, uh, in his in his mind is never a bad thing. Well, I think um, you know one of the things that uh, we really like about Jack that I, I touched on when I did media availability that uh, the day of the trade is his competitiveness. He's a really competitive player. You see that uh, in his game. Our uh, pro scouting staff talked about that uh, a great deal. And you know, to your point, uh, he'll ha he'll have something to prove because this is going to be an opportunity for uh, we hope him to play uh, on a playoff team. Of course, we've got to take care of that uh, in his absence, but. Um, you know, puts him in a situation where he's going to be playing, you know, incredibly meaningful games at uh, at that time of year, and uh, we're uh, you know expecting and excited for him to be uh, really excited, and motivated when those uh, opportunities come. I spoke to somebody the other day, and they said Jack's um, introduction to your dressing room will be what should have been his original introduction to the NHL. He's going to go in and not have to be. Uh, the, the straw that stirs the drink, the drink and the cup. Uh, he's going to go in and just be one part of uh, part of the package because there's already so many good players and so many leaders in Vegas. Yeah, we've got a really good leadership group. We've got a good dressing room. We've got uh, you know real uh, good experience. We've got Stanley Cup champions in there. We've got uh, high end players in there, and and I think. Uh, for Jack, he comes in and just plays hockey, and he's uh, he's real good at it. He's a great player. He's a great talent, and uh, we think that uh, you know surrounding him with the right people is going to make him uh, even better. And you know, I, I uh, you know he's played six years now. He's uh, he's an established NHL player. He's still only 25 uh, years old. I think that we're going to uh, get the best years of his career. Just you know, young players really well. You're in. Uh... Uh, junior franchise for a long time. Um, when you say that he's played six years, he's 25. Like the best might still be ahead, or is very likely still ahead. He might still like Connor McDavid's getting better right now. I would imagine Jack Eichel might might have some some improving to do as well. 
I expect so, and uh, it's interesting you make the comment about Connor McDavid when we played uh, Edmonton and just watching the early stages of the year. He's, uh, you know, he is improving. He is still, uh, you know, hitting uh, his peak, and um, you know, uh, you know, talking with uh, with different people. In fact, talking with uh, with Pat Brisson, who uh, represents Jack and uh, and a host of other uh, star players, most notably uh, Sidney Crosby and, and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you know, he spoke about the, um, you know, the decision that those players made to, you know, not be satisfied with being really good players, but to being great players, and that's uh, that's what you've seen with uh, with McKinnon, with uh, with Crosby, you know, with uh, as you touch on uh, Connor McDavid. There's uh, <clears throat> there's a group of those players around the NHL that I think, you know, just take their game to another level because of that uh, that desire and that burning uh, willingness to to try to be a great player. So. That's right where Jack is. Uh, you know, his last uh, full season was 2019-2020, uh, I believe. He played uh, 65 games that year. He had 36 goals, and uh, you know, was well on his way to uh, uh, to being that great player. So we look forward to him returning to health and uh, and, and finding that uh, that level of play. Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon joining us nighttime at noon. I'm always curious, Kelly, when you make a trade of this magnitude and you you know you worked on this in you know September as you're talking about almost you know, two three months here that this went on to try to acquire Jack Eichel are there highs and lows in that process and were there times along the road where you thought this just might not get done yeah there's always those uh, uh, ebbs and flows in uh, discussions with another team um, you know, a, a large part of it is uh, is a feeling out process in terms of establishing what uh, what's important to uh, you know in this case Buffalo. What's important to us? It's working with uh, your pro staff, with your cap people, in terms of what uh, you know the logistics of a deal would look like, what uh, what you can do, how far you can uh, stretch in terms of making uh, making a deal happen. And you know, a lot of times, um, you know, there's there's a lot of discussions. In fact, there's far more. Uh, situations where discussions take place and a trade is not made so mm. uh, that's uh, you know often goes uh, without anyone even really being aware that those type of discussions have been held uh, you know in this case uh, you know I, I think we uh, you know persevered and and uh, paid a high price with the players that we put into the deal and the draft pick uh, that we put into the deal and uh, we did that because we felt that strongly about uh, what Jack is going to bring to uh, to our team. You mentioned the draft picks, Kelly, and we've kind of touched on this. Your your amateur staff, and you, you've drafted so well over the last, you know, the, the history of this franchise. You've got the three first-round picks from year one that you all you used to, you know, to acquire players, and then Peyton Krebs from 2019. Could you could you touch on that balance of you've got real good young players you draft high, but sometimes those picks can turn into real good players that are established in the league and stars in the league. Yeah, it's a different way of, uh, of uh, managing your prospects than, uh, than likely what my DNA uh, would suggest. I'm a big uh, believer in drafting and developing players. And, and I think what, uh, you know, what goes into it is where your team is at. And uh, that's uh, where I think some of these decisions have been based around and, you know, when you go right back to uh, to that first year when it went uh, so well, we went to the Stanley Cup uh, Finals. We, um, you know, overachieved uh, in so many different ways. And yet when we looked objectively at our team, if we wanted to continue to be 
a contending team. We felt we had to make our roster better, so that's where you know the rationale would have come from behind the trade for Max Pacioretty. Then later uh, that year, uh, Mark Stone and and uh, you know we've uh, you know our amateur staff. Uh, you know, there's none better in terms of uh, the experience and uh, expertise that that group has. And, uh, you know, I always take the opportunity when asked to explain to fans just how, uh, you know, little glory there is in what those guys do, uh, you know, 25 days of a month to, to go uh, all over the world. Our, uh, you know, three of our guys are flying to Europe today for uh, – uh, for a tournament over there, so they uh, they work extremely hard to uh, to put players into the pipeline. Um, you know, we've included them in terms of our discussions and the the rationale behind the moves, but it's only because they've done the job drafting that they have that we've been able to make the move. So you know, Eric Branstrom going into uh, the deal for Mark Stone, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki, which was a great pick by our staff, going into the deal for. Uh, Pacioretty glass for uh, Patrick, which was a swap of uh, players from uh, the same draft, and now uh, Peyton Krebs being part of the deal that uh, that brings back Jack Eichel. So these things gonna tie into where you think your team is at, and uh, you know they're maybe not for everybody, but uh, we've thought about these uh, these decisions long and hard, and uh, have made them for the reasons that we've made them, and are confident that we've uh, done what is in the best interest of the organization, which is how you make every decision is what's best uh, best for the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, and the cupboard isn't dry by any stretch, of the, bare by any stretch of the imagination. Brandon Brisson uh, ranked third of the nation uh, in goals so far this season. He's got seven, and uh, he's tied with, there's a bunch of guys at seven, a bunch of guys at eight, and uh, and Taylor Ward all alone at 11. Um, Jackson Hallam is having a, uh, a real good start to his uh, USHL season with, uh, uh, I believe he's with the Green Bay Gamblers. Uh, just talk a little bit about some of those prospects and maybe start with Brisson because we were just in Michigan. Yeah, we were in Michigan. Brendan actually was the guest of ours at uh, at the game last night. He's uh, a player that, uh, you know, Bobby Lowe's and his staff really felt strongly about uh, the year that we drafted him. We drafted him in... Uh, what I call the Montana draft. So what would that be, 2020, when we drafted, yeah. had our first virtual draft? Uh, he was a, a player for, at that time from the Chicago Steel of the USHL. And, uh, you know, the skill in the hockey sense is what jumps off the page with uh, with Brendan Brisson. And then from there, it's uh, it's development. So he's on a good path at the uh, University of Michigan. He uh, had a real solid season as a freshman, but what's exciting for us right now is just the progression he's shown in a sophomore year on a tremendously talented uh, Michigan team. He's now, I think, up to 192 pounds. He's uh, he's a good size uh, player, and he can score. That's, uh, I guess, what really uh, is appealing about his game is he scores, and that's uh, you know obviously important. Uh, you didn't mention uh, a guy like Ivan Morozov, who's been out of sight, out of mind a little bit for us because he plays. Uh, in Russia, but he's a guy that's going to be an NHL player <clears throat> almost certainly. Jackson Hallam, Jackson Hallam, you touched on uh, as well. Who, um, you know, it was interesting that draft in 2020 was uh, held uh, in October, early in October, and really where Jackson moved up our draft list was what our scouts saw in him uh, in September of that year in uh, in uh, Minnesota high school and. 
you know, probably wasn't a guy that we would have drafted as high had the draft been held uh, held in June when it traditionally is, and we knew right away uh, from his season last year that we uh, that we got a good one with uh, with that pick. So, yeah, that's uh, you know that's the work that they do, and uh, and again, I uh, enjoy scouting myself. I've done lots of it, and uh, know uh, that staff extremely well. How good they are, how hard they work at it, and uh, and it's a huge part of uh, our organization. Jackson Helm will be forever remembered for Dave and I as the guy that. Uh, well, he was writing a math test when uh, he was someone, between classes. Someone knocked on the door and said, "Hey, do you want to go on the radio with these guys?" Do uh, I have to? Uh, these Golden Knight guys up in Montana. So uh, uh, I've watched a bunch of video of him. Uh, uh, I am not a scout, but I can, I can tell when the guy is the fastest guy on the ice, and that's him. Yeah, he definitely is a great skater. Really brings speed to the game. Hey, one more for you, Karim, before I let you go. Uh, we've asked you a lot about Jack Eichel and about really the future with some of your prospects. What's your read on your team in the present here through not quite a full month of the regular season? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that uh, in the short term. Just before we, we close the loop on, uh, on the, the trade and Jack Eichel, uh, because this is for Vegas Golden Knights fans, I would just like to speak to uh, Alex Tuck, uh, what he meant uh, for our organization. A tremendous uh, young guy. You talk about uh, development. He came here. Uh, you know, as a real good prospect that hadn't quite found his way as an NHL player. And, uh, you know, all he did was uh, uh, play great hockey for us. And, uh, you know, knowing the person, he's a fantastic uh, young man. Um, never feel good about trading players away. Uh, it's, uh, it's the hardest part of the business. I'm happy uh, in Alex's case that he's going to, uh, to the state of New York where he's from. Um, he's going to be a great player uh, for them, and then just uh, just with Peyton, who we did touch on uh, a little bit, is uh, you know a great young prospect that's going to be an NHL player uh, for a long time. So I would be remiss to talk about the Jack Eichel trade without uh, uh, you know, paying a compliment to both of those uh, young guys and uh, and wishing them uh, the very best. I, I'm a guy that when uh, I do make a trade and trade a player away. I hope that the guy does great, and uh, I hope and expect that both of those players are going to do really good things uh, for Buffalo. With respect to uh, the short term uh, with our team, it's been a real challenging start to the year, and uh, you never, you know, I, I've made the comment uh, to Gary different times about every every uh, team runs its own race, and uh, you know, last year. Uh, it seemed like we, uh, you know, we won just about every time that we played. We had 40 wins by the end of the year. I don't think that, uh, you know, we had a losing streak that was more than a couple of games long. And, uh, uh, you know, the team was just uh, in contention for the President's Trophy right down uh, until the final game of the year. This year with uh, similar expectations and a similar lineup, uh, there's been a lot of challenges put in front of us that, uh, that you deal with and you can't, uh, uh, you know, you can't complain about it or feel sorry for yourself. You have to work your way uh, through that, which is what we're doing. And for me, uh, it involves uh, treading water a little bit, uh, you know, giving guys more responsibility, bringing some players up from Henderson that are getting an opportunity to play uh, NHL games, uh, relying on uh, really solid goaltending uh, from Robin uh, Leonard, who's been uh, fantastic to start the year. And that's what it's going to look like for us for, uh, for a little while, so we'll uh, you know add players back to our lineup here in time. I think that uh, my experiences uh, over the years, if you can have uh, some of the players that are getting more responsibility take a little bit bigger steps development-wise than might 
when, than what they might have uh, had the team been healthy. Uh, you end up with those guys being a little bit better. And then when you put uh, some of these guys back in the lineup that are out of our lineup, they're, uh, they're among our best players. So it's going to be a real uh, shot in the arm for us uh, when that time comes. And uh, you need to, uh, to weather it in the short term. And that's what, uh, that's what we're doing. Kelly, thanks for this very much. We appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, thanks guys. Kelly. Anytime. Kelly McCrimmon joining us. General Manager of the Vegas Golden Knights on nighttime at noon. We will hear from Jack Eichel and his time with us earlier today after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Rolling along here on a Monday on nighttime at noon, the Golden Knights fresh off what has been so far their longest road trip of the season, their longest in a while. They go two and two on the road. 
And uh, we had Kelly McCrimmon on here just a moment ago. Great to always catch up with the Golden Knights general manager. Quick reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, if you need more hockey, make sure to check out the newest team in town, the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Single game group and mini suite tickets for home games for the 2021-22 season are on sale right now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259. You can also check them out online at hendersonsilvernights.com. To learn more, what did you learn from our chat with Kelly McCrimmon that uh, you didn't already know? Or did you already already have it embedded in the – did you have it on the hard drive in the coconut already? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, Kelly's a fascinating guy, I think. Uh, you know, we were in Michigan yesterday. He went and played at Michigan and graduated from business school there. Um, at one time, and, I, you know, I don't, some people may not have heard this story, when he owned the Brandon Wheat Kings, one winter while he owned the Brandon Wheat Kings, he was the head coach, was the owner, the general manager, the head coach, and uh, times were tight, so he got his uh, bus driver's license, and when they would go on long rides, uh, and the, the guy, the normal bus driver, after he had driven a certain number of hours because of safety, couldn't drive anymore, Kelly would take over and spell him, and all the while during this, he was doing his executive MBA from uh, from Queen's University, which is, you know, considered, uh, well, it's not the BU of Canada. No, it's not. No, more like the Harvard of Nothing Canada. Nothing is. Which is a bit of a step <laughs> up. But uh, um, just, uh, you know, he's a pretty fascinating, fascinating guy. He's a pure hockey guy, but he's also um, uh, pretty accomplished in other areas as well. So uh, I like listening to him talk and, uh, and trying to learn from him. Uh, I saw Brendan Brisson uh, at the uh, at the arena yesterday, and I wasn't sure if he wanted to to share that with uh, with the listeners. And I thought it was great that he did. Uh, have you seen much of his? Uh, a little bit highlights yeah. that you know we've done yeah. a couple of segments on Lawless and Order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the the coach at Michigan says no one has shot the puck at Michigan like Brendan Brisson since Max Pacioretty was there. Yeah. So that just tells you the quality of uh, of the shot from uh, from the from the young man. So uh, um, I'm excited to see uh, you know when when Brisson turns pro. I'm excited to see uh, you know Jackson Hallam is going to Michigan next year. Uh, so uh, uh, those are the kind of the two of the highlight picks. And you mentioned Ivan Morozov, and yeah. you know the reason I didn't mention Ivan is because he's. He's playing in the in the KHL, and uh, you know there, there's interesting reports on him. The fact that he has not signed a contract extension there, so he could come over to the NHL. Actually, he'd come over to the NHL at the end of this season when the KHL is over. Uh, he could come to the, the NHL. Uh, who was like that? Gusev came. Yeah, uh, sure. Came at the very end of of a season. Um, didn't play, didn't right? Play, Took yeah. warm up a bunch, but yeah, yeah practiced. Yeah. But uh, Morozov, he could play for Russia in the Olympics. He's of that caliber. Uh, he probably won't because it uh, looks like they're trying to kind of punish him a little bit to convince him to, to – it's 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 a whole village project over there. Hold his feet to the fire, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want you to sign this contract and stay in the KHL. So, um, if you if you want to play in the Olympics, that's what you'll do. And if you don't, you won't play for Russia. Yeah. It doesn't work that way over here. Well, what I found interesting talking to Kelly McCrimmon too, and and look, there is, um, 
there's all different ways to build your organization, right? And they have drafted so well here with high first-round picks. And the point he made to us was, look, we looked at our team after year one objectively, and obviously we overachieved. But they went to the Stanley Cup final in this incredible ride. We knew we had to get better in certain areas, and they wanted to do that immediately. And they trade, you know, Nick Suzuki in the Max Pacioretty trade. And then later on that season, they had Mark Stone. You know, so it was because I think people kind of wonder about that. Like you've got these high picks, all, you know, what was it? Uh, they had three in the top 15, 16 in that first draft ever, right? Yeah, the glass was six, Patrick. Uh, then, then Suzuki uh, was in that, like nine or ten, and then Branstrom, I think, six, 14 15, or whatever. Yeah, four, yeah. And then Hig uh, right at the top of right. the second round. High second, like 34th yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, now they trade Krebs. But his point is it all depends on where you're at in your yeah. the life of your team and if you're think you know this we've, we've heard that we've heard this phrase a lot if you're in the win now mode and they are then those are the trades you make the detroit red wings are in a different or you know they're in a different spot they're rebuilding right they drafted raymond high they drafted cider high they drafted zadina in the first round they're in a different boat this team expected to win right now if they can take these if they can take these first round picks and turn them into established stars in the league stone patch Eichel, that's a whole different deal, and you sacrifice those picks with those sorts of players. Well, and you can't you can't forget that you know they, the plan was to even get more picks, and then they were in first place at, yeah. in December. They kept winning. <laughs> they kept winning, and like so, like you're supposed to put your your foot on the brake. Like uh, it was a runaway, eighteen wheeler going the right way. You you let it roll. Yeah, and they've done that, yeah. and they've tried to strengthen the team. Every single year. All right, before we go to break, we've got a going to play a quick ex- excerpt from you here. We had Jack Eichel uh, taped here, a taping for our podcast earlier this morning that will come out, uh, should come out uh, later today or this evening. And uh, it was myself, Gary, along with Shane Knighty and Dan Duba. Uh, we had a great half hour with Jack. He was very generous with his time. But Shane asked him just where he's at with his motivation level, this entire saga he went through in Buffalo and now here in Vegas. Not sure if that took or not. We kind of heard it in our headphones, but uh, we're not sure if that actually went on the uh, radio and on the uh, stream. Well, we'll paraphrase the answer. His motivation is as high as it's ever been. And that's saying something for a guy that came into the league number two behind Connor McDavid in that draft in, in 2015. Uh, but, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit with Kelly McCrimmon about this, Gary, right? You know, he's gone through a lot. I don't think he's appreciated some of the things that were said about him in Buffalo and how he was portrayed at times yeah. in Buffalo. Fresh start, but also for a guy that's already an established star in the league, I think he feels he's just kind of scratched the surface. Well, yeah, McDavid's all by himself, right? And then I think you have a, a group of players. And, you know, listen, you have to kind of say Nathan McKinnon is – is alone at number two right now. I'm not sure that that Eichel can't get to that, get to the same spot as him. That's uh, that's something to be uh, to be unveiled as we move forward. But like I think you know, you put Eichel with a, a group of guys, Austin Matthews, Braden Point, you know, Sidney Crosby at his stage of his career, and uh, that's that's rare air right yeah. there.
So there was Jack. We weren't sure if that took or not. We kind of yes. heard a little, we heard a funky echo like you were listening to something from the 60s uh, in your headphones. Let's uh, let's break and come yeah, back we'll and step talk aside about yeah. and talk about uh, more about the Jack Eichel trade. Our visit with him earlier this morning, Fox Sports Radio and nighttime at noon on all the Golden Knights social media channels. Back with more after this. One final segment here on a Monday as the Golden Knights get ready to kick off a six-game homestand at the Fortress starting off the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday night. A reminder for you that the spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California is the newest exciting addition to the Foley Entertainment Group. 
Experience an extraordinary stay in one of 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wine at Foley Food and Wine Society Tasting Room. And treat yourself to unparalleled massages at Majorel, the um, uh, Moroccan-inspired spa, all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel Californian is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a -a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara's premier urban district. Visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your stay today. Uh, Dave Gosher, Gary Lawless with you on nighttime at noon. We were touching Gary on the, you know, the motivation for Jack Eichel, which he said is really at an all-time high for him. And I, it was funny. You, so you threw a, you know, we had a great exchange with him. You threw a question at him of what happened today in 1971. And he kind of looked at you. And what was, you, what did you tell him? What, why is this well, date significant in the world of classic rock? Zeppelin four was released uh, 50 years ago today. And it, uh, you know, by many considered, uh, you know, Born to Run, who's next? Uh, um, Sergeant Pepper? No. You wouldn't uh, agree, I'm just Zeppelin saying. Zeppelin IV and ACDC says. Back in Black, sort of the great class. Uh, the Beatles, I don't really consider classic rock. No. Hotel California? Yeah, Hotel California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's a good fivesome right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, of, uh, but like if you're listening to a a classic rock station, you know they'll have a they'll have a, a get the lead out every yeah. day at uh, at five o'clock and they'll play a Zeppelin track and uh, uh, Zeppelin four for me when I was growing up uh, if you went to uh, a party that was uh, a little heavier uh, Zeppelin four would be on the on the rotation yeah. other parties you'd go and uh, Prince's Purple Rain yeah. would be playing it was uh, it depended on if you were with the uh, the parking lot crowd. The jocks or uh, or the theater crowd. I like to and I like to kind of mingle with all three crowds. You'd have a mixture of uh, starting slow and then ending fast or Stairway to Heaven on on, on uh, Led yep. Zeppelin four, yeah, right? Well, of course, rock and roll every, right out of the gate. Every dance, every high school I ever went to, every high school dance I ever went to, ended with Stairway to Heaven. And you're not sure, so it's a slow song to start. So you start dancing with yes. you know whoever you're with, yeah, and then. Yeah. Then it it picks up, and then I was never sure what do you, what do you do now? Do so you just kind of just, just kind of keep spinning around the in circles? Was, the whole point yep. was to, for a long slow. That's dance right, and it, and it followed up by Freebird. You didn't need to, <laughs> no. the live version that of Freebird. The end of Stairway to Heaven. The lights went on. Be out there for a half hour on two songs. <laughs> but anyway, we found the out. Poor girl. Yeah, that poor girl never going to recover. <laughs> that uh, Jack Eichel's a big classic rock guy. That yeah, was what that. we found I, out. I yeah, that. that's why I, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, he, he. I did a little homework for the interview. Good for you. Yes. Um, at least one of us, one of the four of us that were involved. Said he grew up in a Clapton household. Yes, and he plays guitar, trying to learn how to play guitar. He told us, and you hear this when the podcast comes out. He was living with Sam Reinhardt earlier in his career in Buffalo. Reinhardt was learning to play guitar, and he had and someone that tries to play a little bit. He made the point, and he's right on. When you first start to play, it sounds horrendously terrible. And he said Reinhardt would try to play. They were living together. He'd be playing a living. It was like, you've got to go to your room. You know, this is hurting my ears. I can't I can't handle this. But, uh, but yeah, he's got – he was telling us he's building a, a house right on the ocean in New Hampshire that uh, is just kind of broke ground. And he's got a, a, a pretty extensive vinyl collection, which some of them – you know, you think Jack just turned 25 a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how many 25-year-olds have much vinyl these days. Maybe they do, and I'm missing no, the, the boat, but he's are, got a lot. No, the young kids are into it right now. It's yeah. become uh, it's become popular again. 
So uh, just a thought here, Lawman. We've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, the Golden Knights starting this homestand tomorrow against Seattle. Um, you know, Kelly McCrimmon telling us, in, and obviously it's just been such a challenging first month of the season here with all the key people out. They're just trying to kind of stay afloat, see if they can string some wings together, wins together and try to put some points in the bank as many as they can until some of the cavalry starts to return here at some point. Yeah, hang on for dear life, really. Just, uh, you know, make sure, um, well, <laughs> it's another McCriminism. Uh, stay in the pile. Uh, in the NHL today, there are, you know, there are five teams that usually will kind of uh, pull away from everybody else. There'll be five teams that will sink away from everybody else, and then there'll be 22 teams in the pile. And if you can stay in that pile long enough, you may get a chance to uh, to make a push and get into the postseason later on. Exclusive game tomorrow, by the way, on ESPN+. Plus. No Shane, no Dave on TV. And subscribe, go to ESPN Plus or Hulu for these exclusive games. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on uh, Nighttime and Noon, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. The Insider Show, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace from 4 to 6. Talk to you next time on Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.